Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Right, welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. And yes, we know it's been a while and we do apologise, but things have been pretty busy uh, for both Chris and I. And uh, well, we've, we've been thinking about the podcast, haven't we, Chris? Because we've been trying to, you know, speak to a few guests and have a little chat, make sure that we've got a nice little chunky series for people to get their teeth stuck into. I think that's probably the best way forward, right? Yeah. Yeah, I probably suggest it's getting their ears stuck into rather than their teeth. But no, it's um, <laughs> it, yeah, we're, we're hoping to have a, a good six-week run at it for you with some unbelievable guests. We, we'll be honest; we've already got some in the tank, and I reckon we've got some of the best guests we, we've had on in a long time. So long may it continue. Yep, that's right. So keep your eyes peeled, and also just tell your mates about the podcast because, well, I mean, we've been doing it for what three years now, and all these Johnny Come Latelys are getting trying to get guests on and stuff. Our back catalogue is the best it, it, it just is right it just is out of all the cricket podcasts out there we've got an incredible back catalogue so tell people to have a little work their way through and also it's something we actually discussed off air we were saying well some of them you know talking about different events and stuff yeah but it's quite cool a little looking you know looking to the looking glass there's a period where it's before the white ball world cup and we're talking to players about how much they're looking forward to it it's actually quite interesting just to go back on that so uh, yeah do go back and have a check in on that Chris, where am I speaking to you from at the moment, by the way? I'm currently sat in the Ibis Station Hotel at the Amsterdam Central Station. Ah, yes, right. It's, um, it's absolutely stunning just looking out, out over the river and it's absolutely beautiful. Trains and anyone that's been to Amsterdam will know how mental the bikes are. It's just a, how I described it to Adam, who I'm here with, um, just doing a recce pre-ODI tour. It's like a centre park for adults. <laughs> It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, what a place. But now we've obviously got the ODI tour coming up in June, which is going to be huge. Um, one of the few times Army has been able to tour Europe and coming off the back of the West Indies strengths, this ODI tour in Europe is going to be pretty special. I know, I know for the Test Cricket fans, it's right in the middle of a Test Series. It's squeezed in, but let's not forget it was rearranged due to COVID. Um, but it's going to be a hell of a tour. It's an unbelievably lovely place. And, um, and I couldn't recommend it more. It, it's, it's literally a 50-minute flight. We flew from Birmingham, 50-minute flight. We're in central Amsterdam and under half an hour leaving the airport. If you can afford it, it's definitely worth doing to get that Barmy Army experience. And, and it literally is a stone's throw away. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds so good. And, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's still tickets and places available. Um, and I think that you should possibly, you know, definitely look into that because Amsterdam, I mean, Amsterdam, right? It's so good. Um, I want you to, um, Chris, just run us through. There's a fact that there is actually an opportunity to win a trip for two to Amsterdam. 
Uh, and not just, you know, a budget trip either. It's a bloody good trip, this one, looking at it. Um, courtesy of Towergate Insurance. So just r- run us through it, if you will, because it's it's through Barmy Travel and it's a Barmy Travel package that you're getting effectively, worth two grand. And I want people to know how they can do it. And I'm sure that people who are listening are thinking, yeah, I fancy a piece of Amsterdam and I don't want to do it on a shoestring either. So here's your chance. Yeah, a lot of Amsterdam for two grand. I'll tell you that you can get through Barmy Travel and, and through our amazing partners, Towergate Insurance, you get the... Army travel package, which includes guaranteed official tickets to sit with the Barmy Army for the first two ODIs. So that's the Friday and the Sunday. It's going to be incredibly, um, incredibly big. We're expecting a sellout at the, the stadium, which is 7,000. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. Two days with us on the Friday and the Sunday. Four nights accommodation and a choice of three, four or five star accommodation. Very Some very nice hotels. I'm currently sat in a three star and it's brilliant. So... Um, I recommend that. Return flights um, plus airport and stadium transfers, so you don't need to worry about your transfers and getting run over by any bikes. An invitation <laughs> to join uh, exclusive Barmy Travel Forum, who the guests will be announced um, just before the trip, but it'll be someone very good. Of course, the Barmy Army Netherlands tour shirt, and just to top it off, a welcome drink on arrival. But to make sure that you get the chance to win that prize, and I'll, I'll be honest, um, we've, we've had a lot of entries, but you've got, I reckon you've got a quite a good chance if you get the entry in now. You need to get a quote for a policy through Towergate Insurance for your home cover or travel insurance before 5pm on the 13th of May. Yeah, we know that's tomorrow. We know that's tomorrow, but you will be entered into the prize draw if you go to the link that we will um, put in the info for the podcast, but it's um, towergateinsurance.co.uk forward slash towergate hyphen insurance hyphen and hyphen army hyphen army forward slash. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's quite a lengthy thing that, but but fear not, like Chris says, we will put it in the bio of this podcast. So scroll down into the podcast notes and, well, it'll all be there. So click on that link. That's the only way you can enter get it done because it's an amazing prize and if i was available on those days i'd definitely be entering it myself because i'm looking at it now on my screen i think oh my word it looks so good and also i've been spent- greggy just 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 to swim through it there you you're um you're obviously a very busy man but we, we often speak a lot about what me and brooks are doing but what are you doing you've got a new exciting role in your life give the listeners a bit of taste of what you're up to now i have and it's commentary and it's commentary on on not cricket that would be my first choice and my first love. But unfortunately, I'm commentating on golf um, oh. for, for Discovery Sports. So, yeah, it's, uh, look, it's great, but every weekend is eating up at the moment, including <laughs> chances to go to the West Indies. And uh, it's basically, I, I'm having a look at the cricket schedule. It's it's causing a real issue, actually, in terms of following England this year. I pinpointed a couple of tests in September, and that's about it. So I'm a little bit struggling. I know, I know. So it's... Um, Oh, there we go, but I'll still be obviously following. You'll it. be on um, you'll be on TMS or Talksport coverage one day, mate. Talk, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be. I'd love to be. And uh, we're not going to talk about which one of those I'd rather be on. Um, right, <laughs> the, the West Indies tour because we've not actually done a podcast since the West Indies tour. It it looked absolutely fantastic. Looks so good. One of our guests that we've got upcoming was um, involved, shall we say, and uh, I guest today actually was involved in that series and what an amazing experience for the players it was but from a touring perspective from a Barmy Army perspective Chris what a tour that was 
Yeah, what an amazing tour it was. It was it was everything you want from a Caribbean tour. To have it right after a cancelled Ashes tour, which is what the Barmy Army do, it's what we're about, was it was a real reassurance that everyone still wants to travel, still wants to support the England cricket team, even when we're not doing so well. Um, there was huge, huge numbers there and huge positivity from everyone in the Barmy Army. Okay, it didn't go too well. Um, I still think three sessions probably lost as a series. We're the better team in the first two tests. However, um, it, it ended the way it ended and, and we're here today. But it was a brilliant tour um, off the field for the Barmy Army. We had some incredible parties, two sellout events in Barbados, an amazing end of tour party in Grenada. It really was um, special to see so many old faces there, but also so many new faces that have been, I guess, built up through two years of lockdown, saved up the money, wanting to go on a cricket tour. And all of a sudden, we've got one available. Everyone's having a great time on tour singing some very good new songs. And I know the guest we've got on today um, is probably one of the best Barmy Army songs I've heard in, in the years that I've been working and, and touring with the Barmy Army. So, yeah, it's right. it'd be right in my top five, Greg. You know? Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I guess this week is Sakiba Mood, as you probably already have worked out. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a really good listen, really good listen. We've got somebody else who is involved next time around here on the podcast and it's a great guest. It's a guest that actually you and I really enjoyed speaking to, uh, Chris. So, yeah, so we're going to um, – we've got a nice little bumper, Stella Six, coming up. We should also talk about the fact that Ben Stokes is the New England captain. I know that you're a massive fan of that, Chris, because, I mean, well, we all love Stokes, don't we? How can you not? He's the um, – yeah, he's the superstar, isn't he? He's been around for many years now, and uh, we know it's not going to be a long-term appointment, and and – Obviously, people know of our relationship with Joe. It's a um, testament to Joe, most successful England captain ever. Well done to him. Um, it's nice to see that he'll be able to become England's greatest player. I think no one really doubts that unless something major happens. Um, I just want to see him grow and grow as a player. But to have Stokes leading the line with uh, Rob Key, and which is a really positive appointment. And at the time of putting this out, the big rumour is that Brendan McCullum is going to be a test coach, which seems like an an incredibly exciting appointment for an England fan. It's a little bit of a diversion from the path we've been taking previously. And, and, and why not, eh? Why not try something new and try something try something like that? He's an absolute proven winner. And I think you've got, with Brendan McCullum and, and Stokesy, two absolute proven winners in the camp. So maybe, maybe that's the magic formula. Mm, Brendan McCullum was always a thorn in England's side, wasn't he? Just seemed to remember him just being awesome every time he came up against England. What we what we <laughs> what we could do with is just them both getting a little bit excited and just going really ultra aggressive at a couple of test matches this summer, really to get a few bums off seats at some of the grounds up and down the country. We'll talk more yeah. about all the all, all the test matches. Uh, that we've got coming up throughout the summer, all our plans as well for the Barmy Army uh, throughout the summer and all the different events that we've got going on and all the different ways you can obtain tickets, etc. over the next few weeks. Chris, I think uh, we've got plenty of time to chat over the next six episodes or so on these little intros, so I think we should just get straight into it, shouldn't we, with Saqib Mahmood here on the Shackles Are Off podcast. Sakiba Mood, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast again. I know you came on 
It was T20 World Cup time, wasn't it, when you were on last? And uh, we, we didn't have very long with you. We'll try, try and ask you a few more bits and bobs. But there's been quite a lot that's happened since, in fairness. Making your test debut and, and, and just basically just loving it. And um, I think we're going to take a bit of credit for it, I think, actually. <laughs> nah, nah, it, it was a T20 World Cup. Um, I remember because I threw out some pretty big statements at the time about our game with Australia, which which was on uh, Twitter afterwards. So I was uh, slightly worried about that, but yeah, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I was uh, I was right with with those statements. And yeah, nah, it's been it's been a great winter. It's been uh, that that would have been the start of the winter, wouldn't it? So, um, so yeah, nah, it's been a pretty pretty cool month. And Quite well, a lot, Kogi. I can't. The way you said it, like Saqib Mood, I can't now say your name, Saqib, without singing your song in my head after. It's like, you've got one of the most you know, infectious songs in the world. You know what? My brother's my brother's the same. Like I, I got home and you get home and you want to chill out and stuff. And um, he's, he's constantly singing it as well. And it was just because he, was, he wasn't in Barbados, but he said even through the telly, you could hear it. Um, yeah. But no, it was, it was pretty cool. That's class. That's so good. Do you live with your brother? Yeah. 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 Oh, so he's across everything on social media. You've probably seen all our tweets and all the videos and stuff then with, <laughs> with, yeah, all, yeah, with he's, all the songs on. Yeah, he's always posting them. He's probably, he's been pretty, pretty quiet in the last day or two because he's a United fan. Ah. So I'm a Liverpool fan and yeah, we dealt with him yesterday. So he's saw your little quiet. dig to um, Sam Billings on Twitter. I enjoyed that. Yeah, Bill, Billings is the biggest armchair fan ever. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's Kent, ever been mate. to United. Yeah, exactly. What's he doing supporting United? <laughs> like all he talks about is he hasn't got a nice thing to say about the North and then he supports Man United like what's that all about yeah um, typical Man United fan anyway yeah. Saqib does your brother sing the, the bowling version or the batting version when he's walking around the house <laughs> <laughs> the bowling version the bowling version uh, good to check yeah. gotta check mate class class I'll tell you what uh, for the listeners that haven't heard it um, Chuck do you want to give us a little burst So good, so good. That must be, and we, we speak to a lot of players who make the debut and then they come and speak to us for, you know, after maybe five, 10, 20 tests. And they'll say, oh, this is one of the best bits about playing international cricket. Is it? Is it really? In terms of what, the support? Yeah, the support, the songs, the everything. I, mate, I, honestly, so I, I said in an interview in the last couple of weeks, so, I've, you know, I've played quite a few white ball games now. And, you know, we had some great crowds last summer after COVID as well in that Pakistan series. But I haven't had that much fun as I did out in the Caribbean. And I think obviously in England, the, the crowds are obviously, especially the Pakistan series last summer, it was just loud. Yeah. It was real. It was probably some of the loudest I've had, but that series and, and especially Barbados, because it was obviously my first game, so it's a bit more memorable, was, um, you know, the sort of stuff that happened there, that that, that stays with you forever. Um, and we did, what, 190 overs in the dirt? But honestly, I, I came off the field like, and you are shattered and stuff, but it didn't it didn't feel like it. Like there's times where you do a hundred overs or even a hundred and ten, and it feels like forever. Um, but out there, it, it didn't. And and honestly, I I think it is down to the support we had, because um, every time you're bowling, the song's going on. Uh, there's just chants all the time, 
and that you know it's something I'm not used to, especially playing in first class cricket. And, and then you do that at that level, and yeah, look, I, I thought it was unbelievable. Um, it's, it's a week I'll definitely ne- never forget. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you made that ODI debut, we spoke about it, but for those who haven't listened to the last podcast, it was one of the World Cup sort of short snippet podcasts that we did with Sack and talked about making that ODI debut in kind of strange circumstances, wasn't it? It was that Pakistan series, a whole kind of different 11 came in almost, and you were being on the fringes knocking on the door, and then it was almost like a free hit. This one, it it wasn't like that, and it was obviously test debut, the pinnacle, etc. And you had a bit of build-up for it. I mean, when it's been coming for such a long time and you know how good a bowler you are and, you know, even if the wider public probably didn't, but you must have been thinking, oh, my word, like, I'm going to make my test debut at some point over the next few weeks here, probably. How did you feel leading up to it? I mean, is it more excited than nervous, I'm guessing? Um. Mate, if the, the weeks leading up to it, and and obviously after I found out it got picked in the squads and stuff, I, it didn't feel too different, um, you know, before going on. And, um, you know, I didn't really think too much about playing or anything like that. It was because I've been on test tours, I've been on, I think I've been on every away tour since I first got called up to the squad and just haven't played. And sometimes it's obviously you get into a test squad and you almost know you're not going to play this or, or whatever. So, uh, from my point of view, was so sort of a few days before we flew out, Richie called me, and you know he, he was just like, "Look, he wanted me to offer in the dressing room." He was like, "Even though you haven't played, you've been around the squad for a few years now," and he wanted me to speak up, and and that was massive. It gave me so much confidence before that tour, and then we had a few meetings at, at the start of the tour and and stuff about how we wanted to go about it. And honestly, for the first time. This is before I've even played, but this was the first time I reckon where that group started to feel like my team. Whereas in the past, when I've been on tours and stuff, if it, it, it didn't feel like my team, it felt like somebody else's team, and I was just there. I think that's maybe just because I probably knew I wasn't going to play or anything like that. But in in the lead up to this one, I definitely felt like you know I had a part to play. I had a voice in the dressing room as well, and I think all of those feelings just make you take in what what's going on and preparing and all of that stuff but it was actually until I think it was until after Ruti mentioned it to me uh it was the day before the test match when you know I could be playing I was in the 12 for the first test and then missed out in the morning of the game um but then in the second one I found out the day before um and it was it was a weird feeling and I remember sort of uh we went out for dinner it was me Stokesy Robbo um might have been a few other guys but I remember walking back to my room with those guys as we were just leaving at the end and Robbo asked me, are you nervous? And that was when I started to first think about, like, I was just <laughs> cracking on with my day and, and then he obviously mentioned, about, you know, about his and stuff and I think, you know, obviously my room was first so I'd got into my room and I, I you know, I said to him that I was feeling nervous so he must have mentioned it to Stokesy because then literally five minutes later I got a text of Stokesy saying, don't be nervous, mate, just do do what you've been doing, like, and all of that. So, um but yeah, that's that's sort of when I felt it. And I think once you're in the game, you're just you're just in the game. I'll tell you what though, because when we bowled, so we bowled day two in the last session. Yeah. I actually think the best thing that could have happened to me was that only being one session. So I'd only bowled four or five overs that session, only fielded for, for 30 overs or whatever it was. But I came off that session just exhausted. I don't know whether I was just tense or just overthinking, all of that stuff. 
but I came off just absolutely drained. I was thinking, I've got a whole day of this tomorrow. <laughs> but I think the, the next day I was a lot more chilled out because, you know, I was having a role, role to play with certain things and you just think about the game. But yeah, I'm glad it was only a session and not a whole day to, to start, if that makes sense. What, what was the emotion like when you took that first wicket that wasn't, was it was it a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a roller coaster for you? So so I'd bowled a few no balls that, that game, but so I'd bowled all my overs the other end to where, where I actually bowled that no ball. I yeah. bowled all my overs the other end. And if you watch back on the telly, there's like this little grid. And I, I, to this day, I don't know what why they're there, but there was a little grid just near where I take off in my run up. And usually yeah. I like coming from a little wider. So if you watch back, if anyone watches back, you'll see this grid. And the wind was blowing from left to right as well. So I wanted to start wider because the wind was dragging me in. But this grid, all of a sudden, once it's in your head, it, yeah. that's when you're aware of it. And and there was a few times where I yipped up in my run-up a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking about this little grid that's on the floor, which I wasn't thinking about in my first few overs. Um, so then I managed to swap ends. I think it was after about 20 overs, but finally managed to swap ends. Um, and felt miles better. I remember saying to Stokes, who was at mid-off, I was like, how's it taking me so long to bowl this end? I feel unbelievable this side. Um, <laughs> and I was fine on the on the line because I was always asking. I was like half and half, half and half. And I was just getting a little bit of shape back. So I tried, you know, I just thought about because earlier in the game, I'd hit him on the foot with the Yorker as well, yeah. which just came back a touch, which was outside the line on review. So I thought I'm going to go for it again and, and, and nailed it. But because when I try and bowl Mallorca, I got a little bit longer in my stride. I just overstepped, as everyone saw. But yeah, I just I just remember sort of looking. It's a bit of a blur, but I remember looking back at the umpire as Stokesy and Rudy are hugging me, and just see him sticking his arm out. And I was just oh. like, Fuck's I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> no, you can say that, mate. <laughs> oh, good, mate. That is that must be the most frustrating feeling in in the world, particularly when you. I mean, we saw Matt Fisher get one with, what was it, his fourth ball or third ball? Second, or Second ball, Second there ball. we go. So you kind of go, oh, my word, you know, he, that monkey, gone, straight off his back. And then, yeah. you, and then you're obviously waiting around, you know, a little bit longer and then that happens and you've got even longer. Yeah. To what was it like when the moment initially did come, though? Because, you know, I, I'd imagine there's a sense of relief, but also, you know... <laughs> You probably you probably don't think of it like this because you've had so many different milestones in your career: first ODI wickets and first first class wickets and first wickets for Lancashire, you know, in the twos or whatever it may be. Um, but that first Test wicket, there must be a moment, a part of you that kind of thinks back to young Sakib Mahmood in his teens playing academy cricket, club cricket, and all that, and you finally got that Test pole. It must be an unbelievable thing to have under your belt. I think for one, it, it just felt like such a relief because it came on day four. So we'd bowled the whole of day three. Day three evening session was when I did get the wicket off the no ball. And that's when thoughts start to creep in your head. So I went to bed that night thinking, mm. is it going to come? Am I going to be that guy who plays and doesn't take a wicket? So all of these thoughts do start yeah. coming in your head because the wicket was ridiculously flat. <laughs> and it was one of those where you almost think we might just bowl on this once and, you know, I might not get a wicket, but... Um, I think that's, for, for me, I think having Rooty and Stokesy around me at that time was was amazing because as soon as I did it, Stokesy grabbed like grabbed me like a firm grip on my shoulder. It wasn't just like a, a comment. He grabbed hold of me and was like, look, it's happened. Like I did it on my debut as well. 
just forget about it, just carry on doing your thing. And then Ruti did. Ruti spoke to me later as well and said, "Look, you you bowled unbelievably well so far. He was like, it's easy for it to start slipping off now, and 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 you just throw it all away. Stick to it. Your rewards will come." And he, he was like, "I don't want it to sound like a cliche, but he was like, just keep doing the good things." And you know, I was really put to the test with that. Um, but having those guys telling you that, um, it just makes you keep keep trusting the process, and then obviously the rewards will come. But when it when it finally did come, um. Unbelievable catch by fish because it went high, swirling, yeah, big breeze as well. And there was like a little blind spot where I, I couldn't see because it sort of his body was covering whether he'd caught it or not. So I was sort of waiting. So as soon as I saw he caught the ball, I then looked to the umpire <laughs> and I'm just like waiting for a sec. And then I like I think I pointed at, at the feet or something, and he was just like, You're fine. Um, but once that happened, it was it was just a relief. And if anything, it just gives you a bit more sort of spurt of energy after that where, you know, you've almost got a second wind and, um, yeah, managed to get my second soon after as well. So good. And just on Stokesy and Rooty, I mean, we're not going to get into the whole captaincy nonsense because there's no point. But just as blokes, they've played, you know, nearly 200 test matches between them. And <laughs> they, they've they seen it all, haven't they? I mean, if you think that Joe made his debut in the same team as Kevin Peterson and Stokes has obviously done what he's done for England, but yet they seem like they'd be far more approachable. I remember when Joe first got in the team and, and talking to him about certain people, sort of, let's say, leaders, leadership group type players, and they probably weren't as forthcoming or as, um, I, I'd say, I'm not going to say soft, soft's the wrong word, but, you know, more approachable. Um, than than Stokes and Root are now. I mean, how how good have they been for you? I mean, that touch of class from Joe there before you've flown out and having a chat with you, and then equally the fact that Stokes is really wanting, and that's for the benefit of you, that's for the benefit of the team, that's not for them, is it? And that's the bit that we don't see watching on yeah. the sidelines or at home. I mean, how good have they been? And what just try and talk to, I mean, not just those two, but some of the other senior players as well, you know, Johnny Bairstow, et cetera, as well, because they've been around for a while now. These are the figures that when you've grown up watching cricket, these are like, you know, the 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 top the top brass. These are like the Strauss yeah. and, and Cook equivalent, really, that you're playing alongside. Yeah, and, and for me, I think, obviously, for me, it started last summer playing under Stokesy and, you know, he gets to captain me and, you know, I get a relationship where we work together and, and it all went amazingly well for me last summer. And, and that was sort of where we built a great relationship uh, and we got on really well from then on since. Um, and then for it was similar, it's sort of a similar process with Rooty where even though I was with the Lions, he wanted to get to know more about my game. So rather than fielding it slip, he wanted to come up mid-off so we could chat about, um, you know, what kind of plans we have and things like that, just because he wanted to sort of start to know how I work. Um, and I just think once you have the backing of, of two players like that, you know, of that calibre, then for someone who's just come into the side, it gives you so much confidence because it's a reverse swing was massive out in, in the West Indies. And so we do that very well at Lancashire. And it's something I have a big part in, in saying yeah. and how we go about things. And, and then you bring that into this dressing room and Rooty and Stokes here, you know, are speaking to me and, you know, telling me to share my thoughts on that and, I think when you get given um, that sort of role or just that sort of opportunity to express yourself and, and just speak, then even for someone like me, then 
I'll start to grow in confidence. I'll start to speak more. And all of a sudden, you start to feel like you've got a leadership figure, even though you haven't played or you've only played two games. I did start to feel like I could say things and, and people were listening. And, and that comes from having the respect from the guys at the top. And, and those two, you know, if you were a fly on the wall um, in that dressing room, you'd see that a lot of the stuff that these two were leading. Um, but the beauty of the, that squad or, or that team out there was everyone else was offering as well. I think you saw a few clips of, of certain, after certain days play, but the great thing about that trip was everyone was offering. Um, but those two guys were definitely at the forefront. And um, But yeah, I think the way, you know, I, th I just think the... The way they gave, not just me, but I think other players as well, the opportunity to speak up in the dressing room would have helped everyone. You can um, see yeah, that. Definitely, definitely did for me. You can see that from where we are. Like, I've been on a lot of tours um, with the Barmy Army and I've been very fortunate to go on all these tours. But as a collective and as a team, you look like such a unit. You, you did look like a, a big group of mates that were all flying at, at the highest level, elite level of the game. And it's great. To, as a fan, it's amazing to see. Because you're sat in the yeah. stands and you're watching you guys bonding like we're bonding with each other in the stands. And it it just gives it one big touring, cohesive feel to it. And it was it was really good to see that sort of environment was created by, obviously, the, the senior guys, but also the younger guys coming through and being able to add a bit of value, I guess. Yeah, exactly that. And uh, for me, I think in Red Bull tours, in all the Red Bull tours I've done and squads I've been involved in, this is the most fun I've had. Um, and I just think because everyone was was doing stuff together um, and we actually had a lot of success. And I remember coming off the field on day three or the evening of day three in the Grenada test where we'd, we'd had a terrible day. Yeah. And a lot of the boys, and you can see especially the guys at the top as well, were, were seriously gut, gutted um, just because it felt like this squad had come so far over the last, the last couple of games. And we had 10 days of great cricket where we dominated proceedings um like literally dominated we were the only side pushing for a result yeah but then you just have one bad day of, of cricket and that the reality is, is the last 10 days don't really stand for anything but then you, everyone forgets about what happened um yeah. but in those 10 days in the first two tests we played some unbelievable cricket and um it was just a shame that obviously at the end of it, you know that probably won't be remembered from that tour but um i think the way the way everyone went about it out there um it was it was very enjoyable, and I think you could see that out on the field as well. Um, you can't you, you're not getting through 190 overs in in the heat in Barbados without obviously the support from you guys, but enjoying each other's company and yeah. everyone trying to work towards the same goal. Uh, if you have certain guys who are just like this is flat, can't be bothered, then it will just be one of those games where it goes into a draw and no one's too bothered. But everyone had the same drive of obviously trying to make things happen. Yeah. As fans, we had the. I guess the same feeling as, as you guys. I don't, I genuinely don't think it was reflected in the press very well at all because that tour was three bad sessions, three to four, okay, very bad sessions. But essentially, across the rest of the tour, you've been the better side through the whole period of the tour. But because it was the last few sessions of a final test match, it was reported as one of the worst tours for a long time. And it just isn't true. And but Chris, yeah. that's the cricket media though, pal, isn't it? That's the that's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, the cricket journos and stuff are just, un just unbelievably fickle. And even, I wasn't even out there with you and you still see it. And it's, uh, it's a shame, isn't it? But that's, I suppose that's your first taste of all that sack though, isn't it? Seeing it all over the back pages and all that kind of nonsense. And I mean, you seem like the sort of bloke who's not really bothered by all that anyway. 
But um, it no, was completely I, different. Basically, yeah. I mean, you know, you can testify better than anybody else. There's probably only, you know, 20 other people who were in that dressing room. And you know that actually it was it was really good for mo- for the most part. And Chris and I appreciate that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and look, you, you obviously get the side the media are coming from because, uh, and I remember doing an interview the day before the third test where it was like, look, we've played great cricket for 10 days, but the reality is it doesn't stand for anything now. You end up losing the series um, and you, you can't expect them to write anything good because everybody, if, if they write anything good, then everyone, the, the neutral supporters are going to be like, we've just lost the series. How can you write good things? So that's just that's just how the game goes, unfortunately. But um, I'd like to think a lot of people would have taken some confidence away from, from that trip. Yeah, I think so. I think so yeah. too. Hey, we're going to talk about... Um, this kind of got lost a little bit in it with all that, all the negative nonsense from the cricket and journalists. Um, 49 you made in the third test, <laughs> um, which is which was uh, awesome. Apart from, um, it wasn't so awesome if you were you because you were probably looking up at the balcony and seeing the rest of your teammates all sat there with their whites on <laughs> the entirety of your yeah. innings. That's, uh, I mean, I suppose it probably wasn't the time or place, but that's not very nice, is it? Well, look, I don't know what they've seen, but I felt like I was batting pretty well in the nets. Um, and, you know, I've been going pretty nicely in the nets and stuff. And then, um, but yeah, they all had the whites on. And to be fair, with some of the balls that were bowled that day, they probably thought it's only a matter of time. <laughs> like, he's, he's not keeping them <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, it was one of those. I didn't see it as soon as I went in, but then sort of after five overs, I remember seeing one of the lads walking down the stairs in his whites. So then you sort of look over again. Everyone's got the whites on. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? But I remember later on in the innings, um, I did look over to see if anyone had taken them off, but they hadn't. So they'd left them on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, that was it was an unbelievable evening with, with Leach that day. And um, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. I think almost because it was just one of those things where you almost feel like a ball's got your name on it. So you just try and try your best to see them out. And if um, if you do get a good one, you get a good one. I'm number 11. No one's really going to expect me to, to hang around. Um, but yeah, to, to finish on what I did, I was buzzing. But yeah, just should have watched it at the last over as well. Oh. <laughs> we were you know it was? I, think, I think it was the first time in that innings where yeah, it's funny I say this as a number 11 batter where a little bit of arrogance crept in. Um, just because, you know, everything was going nice and uh, and to be fair, the beans were going because I, I'd, I'd gone back and forth with a few of the West Indies boys. And it was basically just me as well because Leach is the complete opposite to how I am. Leach is calm, he's chilled. Whereas as soon as, like, if somebody says anything to me, like, I'm going back. And it's just like me versus a few of those guys few things which uh, the cameras picked because every time I say something which I probably shouldn't my dad always is like what the hell are you doing there's, there's been a couple of times where I've said something while playing on telly and my, my dad nails me after and I, but I think he started to see the funny side of it this time because there was a few things picked up but yeah I just remember that last over I was on 45 and Blackwood had come on and the, they had all the men up and he bowled his first two balls and honestly, my thought process in my head, I was like, this is absolute dross. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is, he's not spinning it. He's not drifting it. He's about five foot. So he's not going to like rag one past. I thought I'm going to hit him for six here. 
I was like, uh, so my thought process, I'm going to come down. If it's there, it's going. If it's not, I'll, I'll play it properly. So I had some sort of thought process. <laughs> Came down, it was there, and I just smoked it, but it went flat instead of high. Yeah. It went for four, and now I'm on 49. And then there was Brathwaite and uh, Blackwood sort of deciding what to do with, with Long on whether to keep him up or put him back. Anyway, they decided to, to put him back. Um, and I thought in my head, I thought Christmas. I thought, <laughs> I thought this, is one, this is one here and I'm getting 50. But that ball wasn't there to hit for long on. And there were still three more balls left. So I should have just seen that one out. Till this day, mate, I swear to you, I still think about that ball and I'm like, just knock it into the offside. Do this, do that. This is probably my best chance to get 50, I reckon. Has it kept you awake? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I do find myself just just thinking. And, and obviously, since I've been back, the Lanx boys will be talking about it. And then it just gets <laughs> me thinking about it even more. And... Um, because I did say to Jeets while I was, you know, he flicked at me quite a few times and, and bowled some off spin at me in the net. So I was saying, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get 150 at least this season. Talking about a first class 50, little did I think it would happen in the next game I played for England. Yeah. Did you get any verbals, Sack, when you were walking off? Off the West no. Indies boys? No. No, no, it was actually, I, I got a few uh, role plays and stuff. I just heard it in the background a little bit, but for me, it was just head down, walked off. Um, didn't even think about the fact that I just left Leachy in the middle. I just turned around and walked off. But um, but you know, it, it was nice because after the, after the series, so me and Jaden Seals, for example, we had a lot of back and forth. Um, mainly when when those boys were bowling, I, I didn't say a great deal when I was when I was bowling. But yeah. um, it was nice because it was nice to see. It obviously got me going, and then I'm in the competition a lot more. But then after the series. Uh, you know, we got together with the West Indies boys and stuff, and he was actually someone I, I managed to get on with really well. And I think we sort of similar characters, and we had a bit of a laugh about um, how it went out there. I had him out twice in, in the two tests we played. <laughs> we had no reviews left, and the umpire didn't give him out. Oh, we do you? So I did let him know about that as well. Um, Quality. But now, yeah, I'd, I'd have taken fifty, but yeah, I'm not complaining with forty nine. Well, you've got the highest <laughs> test average, mate. You test test average of fifty two <laughs> at the moment. So, you know what? There's actually this TikTok I, I got sent by so many people. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, there's a video, and I I woke up one morning, it. and I woke up one morning, and I swear to you, about ten people had sent me this TikTok. So I click on it, and it's got test batting averages and there's a video and then there's Rutu who averages 49 points something and then there's Coley who averages 49 points something and then it's got me at, at 52 and I was just like what's this video come from like I can't post it anyway it looks too arrogant that I was like my, my averages only got one way from here so I'll make the most of it while I can you never know if, you, if you're not out she'll be sound yeah that's that's the plan that's just that's my motivation now just just block them out. Stay stay at eleven, Reading, because all your career you'll be sound. Yeah. Correct. You've got you've got the you've got the head start now. You've got no excuse, Zach. You know what you know what the issue is now is is expectations. Is before that nobody's got any expectation before kill at eleven. Now everyone expects you to stick. You know expectations are high. There's a bit more pressure as well. So um, got a reputation to live by now. Quality. Um. We're gonna we're gonna ask you about uh, your dream kind of cricket tea in just a moment. Um, so just maybe think about that whilst I just uh, talk dream to you cricket about. Dream cricket tea. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk. We'll ask you about that in a minute. I'll ask you about that in a moment. Okay. I, I just want to ask you. I mean, look, you've played franchise <coughs> stuff. You played BBL last winter, um, and then 
you've just turned down an IPL contract. Focusing on Red Bull, as we record this, you're probably going to play for Lanks next week in the championship. Tomorrow. What's the thinking? What's the uh, tomorrow? tomorrow? There we go. Yeah. What's the What's the thinking behind that, Zach? Um, so, look, obviously, in the last uh, couple of winters, I have played a fair bit of franchise cricket, PSL, Big Bash. Um, and a lot of that has just been because, well, there's nothing else going on in the winter. And um, I remember when I first sort of broke into the England T20 side, I was the only one who was lacking experience, really. Everyone else had played over 100 T20 games and I hadn't played a great deal. So for me, it was um, get out of my comfort zone at Lancashire, go and <coughs> go and play in these teams where, you know, they've got high expectations of me and I've got no real specific role. I'll bowl when they need me to. So, for example, for Lanks, I'd only ever bowl in the power play or over 16 to 20. I've never bowled 6 to 16. My first game for England, I'm bowling... Oh, over 6 to 16 and it was just new for me but the reality was it was I always had the same role for Lancashire and I didn't have a great deal of experience so that's what it was was get out experience a few things and even for this winter it was the Ashes are on in Australia not in the squad go and play in the Big Bash the World Cup's there in 12 months and if there's a slight chance of you getting called up then then great because I remember it, the offer came from the big bash last summer and Spoons was the one who encouraged me to go. If I was in the squad, then obviously you don't go, but um, mm -hmm. he said it, that way it'll keep you in the country, which is which is good for for them. So, that, you know, that was a thinking behind all of that. And then with, with the IPL, it was look, it was a replacement offer which came in for, for one of the seamers who was injured. Um, and I think I said, like, um, it, it came at a time where I just had breakfast with Stokes and we were chatting about his IPL stuff. And... Um, you could see the drive he had of this test team moving forward. And, you know, like I spoke about earlier, it was the first time it started to feel like my, my team and all of that. And um, sort of, you know, I left that chat like really motivated, like about moving this team forward and I was going to be a part of it as well and all of that. And then all of a sudden this comes through and I remember speaking to my agent about it and I just mentioned to him, about my chat as well and he was just like look sleep on it have a couple of days you might change your mind tomorrow anyway we had the chat and my agent had the same view as well it was, it was just like this is a red ball opportunity where I've waited two and a half years for it, it doesn't come around too often um, is just put everything I can into this um, for the next few months it, it might come off it, I might not play in the summer it doesn't but as long as I know in myself that I've given myself the best chance to be ready and potentially get picked in that test series come the summer, then, you know, that's all I can do for myself. And um, I was actually very relieved that I did make that decision when I, when I got home, um, especially how that series went, because, you know, I was pretty exhausted after that series, but then also it was, you start looking forward and I wanted to be in a position where I'm ready for, if I was to be picked in the first test of the summer. So, um, yeah, that was my thinking about it. Um, and look, if, if I'm, my priority is, and something I've said before, is, is playing for England. Um, franchise cricket's there because it's an opportunity to go and play cricket while there's nothing else on. If I'm in a position where I'm, um, where I'm sort of in the squads for all four formats for England, that's all I'm thinking about. It's is that's your priority. So um, look, I think the IPL is, is something I'd love to do one day. I think even watching it on telly, all the best players play in the world. And sometimes, look, the money's great as well. But the thing is, as, as an athlete, and 
you know, as a cricketer, you almost want to test yourself against the best as well at times. And if I'm ever in a position where I feel like I'm at that level, um, I'd love to go and play with and against some of the best the best guys in the world. Because um, you come away from from doing well in a tournament like that, then it, you know, it can give you a real a real boost. But I think right now, um, yeah, that wasn't the right thing for me. I, pro- I probably wouldn't have played anyway. So, um, yeah, right now I think this was this was the the right decision, and I'm happy I made this one. Well, quality, love it. Great, great to hear, isn't it, Greggy? Great to hear that from a fan's perspective. Someone that um, what we've watched of you over the past couple of months looks every part of the Test cricketer. So it's exciting to hear that you're passionate about the Red Bull game and as passionate as we are as fans. Yeah, absolutely. Here, yeah. here, but also quality from your agent because he could have seen the dollar signs there. He could have been going, oh, ching. You know what? You know what? Exactly, and and it makes you have so much respect that you've. And I'm quite lucky that I have these types of people around me. And, you know, Stokesy is someone who I feel like I can always speak to. Mo and Rash, who I'm real close with, you know, they, they were other guys I always speak to. So these guys, are, I'd always speak to them about advice as well. They're older, they've, they've been and done it all. And, you know, I'd like to think that they can help guide me as well. But even with, with my manager, is he could have easily had a nice little pay there, payday there for him. But he thought the best thing for me at the time as well was to to focus on test cricket and it just for me as well it just means I've got the right people around me who are going to give me advice that's in the best interest for me as well so um, from that from that side I went away from that having a lot more respect for him as well you know what quality that seriously that's awesome this, surrounding yourself with good people so important and that's actually to be fair Chris isn't it why people like Stokesy and, and Joe and, and Joss they surround themselves with good people as well so that's um that's really nice to hear, actually, mate. It's really nice to hear. Um, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to a bit of county championship action as well. Right, before we go, mate, um, dream cricket tea. So this is something new. So you're no no kind of – you've got no yardstick. That's the positive thing here. There's nobody who's been before you, so we can't, like, you know, compare to someone else and go, come on, they, they had this. However, you are also now setting the benchmark for everyone else, mate. So <laughs> – so um, we, what we ask you to do is pick a drink, a sandwich, a savoury snack and a sweet treat. Okay. So this is dream cricket tea. It could be a long day in the dirt. You could have actually been sat in the in the pavilion with your, with your feet up all afternoon watching the openers put on 300. Um, and whatever, whatever it could be. Come on then. Drink, sandwich, savoury snack, sweet treat. Go for it. Right, so if you go, so this is me right now thinking if I'm playing club cricket because if I start thinking like this, then if, yeah. if my nutritionist oh, yeah. or some of the coaches are watching this, they'll be like, "We're not talking lords either." Yeah, We're talking right. Club so, cricket. so my club cricket, I'm going. So I was one of those guys, cheese sandwich, but then oh. fill it with crisps. Oh. That's, that's me. That's 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 me. As soon as if there's some crisps, best believe I'm putting crisps on the plate and filling my sandwiches up with that. Um, so that's what I'll go with. <laughs> I love drink, that. drink, um, hot drink, cold drink. You choose, and any drink you choose, mate. I'm go- I'm going. I'm going a cup of tea um, with biscuits. Yes, nice. A, a nice, nice little selection of, of biscuits, a few digestives, some bourbons, um, jammy dodgers. I reckon You're talking that. full on like tray. Different a selection. Yeah, 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 a selection. Yeah. Um, what else did we have? Oh, and the savory, savory snack. I think you. I mean, your sweet treat. I think you've kind of nicked that with you with you 
with your biscuits and your, biscuits. your bourbons. You know, that, that doesn't come as part yeah. of the drink, does it? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know what? You know what? I'd take that. All right. Sound. Sound. Yeah, yeah. So a cup of tea, cheese sandwiches with a load of crisps in, which, by the way, I'm rating personally. And then uh, savoury snack. So it can be anything. Savoury snack. Savoury snack. Tell you what, um, Zach, you're a cheap date. You are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, savoury snack. See, this is a tricky one. The other stuff. Name that stuff to me. What about it? Um, I'm trying to help you out here. Well, the crisps, on, the crisps were in the sandwich, weren't they? So yeah, yeah. maybe they are. Know. Yeah, but Sack, by the sound of it, Sack wants a bit more than that. He's playing club cricket. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah. mate. Well, so I, the club I grew up at, the teas, I was quite lucky because the clubs I played for, they were known for having the best tea. So um, <laughs> was that the motivation? <laughs> yeah, it's what kept me around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, could have been playing um, in the IPL instead. He was going back and playing for them on a Saturday. Yeah, no, I'm good with with the savoury. Um, I reckon you could do mince pie, just like easy mince pie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. mince pie that is outstanding. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going back to like when I used to not that I have it anymore, but when I used to go to the chippy or whatever when I was younger, get some mince pie with a bit of gravy on it, chips on the side, perfect. Oh, mate, can we that have that as a little good. as a little combo just? Hundred yeah, well, <laughs> percent. Yeah. This so you've got probably... your hot, you've got your warm option, and then you've got your you just fancy a little light with your with your crisps and your your sandwiches, and then you know what? That actually be top draw. That I'm thinking you know about it now. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you, you two are thinking about it as well on your plate now. <laughs> I am a little bit. I also know that there's a chippy just up the road from here, and you're probably thinking there's a chippy not too far from your house. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, as, yeah. I reckon. I reckon that's me. Pie, chips, gravy, and then some sandwiches with crisps on the side. That is absolutely amazing. Does your nutritionist then, listen to this pod, Zach? Um, she, I don't know. She probably someone will end up probably getting around to her. But um, <laughs> now I've been, I've been, I've been real good. So I'm sure. I, if you look, if you've done a day in the dirt, I'm pretty sure she'd be fine with having that. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you know what? She she'll she'll definitely see it. We'll probably stick that on TikTok or something like that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unbe- unbelievable. Um, look, mate. I hope you have a, have an amazing summer. Um, and we'll probably see you at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, just just go really go really well. I, I, Chris and I, and I'm sure loads of people listening are absolutely buzzing at the fact that you've um chosen the red ball and turned down the bright lights of the IPL. I mean, you know. It's nobody would expect you to do that, but in fact, you have is absolutely unreal. So, um, yeah, love it, love it, and nice. um, should should be a good summer. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, yeah, big uh, good luck. Cricket, enjoy. Nice. It all start. It all starts. So, so Lancashire. Um, how many games will you get in for Lancs then? So, so I missed the first. There's five left. Um, I'd, I'd probably say four. Okay. Well, we're quite lucky at Lanks, but we've got um, we've got a lot of good quality seamers, so it might just be a case of just rotating one of us each game. Yeah. So I'd imagine I'd imagine four, maybe maybe even three, but uh, four is probably what I'm targeting. Yeah. Quality. Enjoy it, mate. Quality. Enjoy, and uh, thanks yeah. for coming on the pod. Really appreciate nah, thanks, it. Thanks, lads. Nah, Cheers, time. mate. Thank you so much. Cheers, pal.
Social Podcast Network.